0: Ready to play some jazz, man? Man, baby, do it. Yeah, do me, baby. You know, uh, we got a guest this week. Kurt Elling is his name. He's probably, perhaps, the greatest it, jazz vocalist on earth right now. He is, man. Let's get in the mood. Yeah. All right, Get it, baby. I bet that drum has those little brushes right now, Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah I'm with you, can tell me. It's going to start singing now. Where, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You keep your
1: New York joys. I'm going to Illinois just as fast as I
0: can. Yeah, baby. That's great, great jazz music. And, and we, we, we're going to play a couple clips from his songs uh, during this interview. Uh, of course, Minutia Celebrity Interview is up next. But first, listen to this other fine OPI show.
2: On Ann Friends, we like to occasionally torture ourselves by trying something that we may or just may not
0: like. Sometimes people like to bring things that they know we're not going to like. And sometimes they bring things that we might not like, but we actually do. All that and more on Ann Friends, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio
2: the following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview, Interview with Rick and Dave.
0: All right, Dave. Excited we have a, a great guest this week. He's without a doubt one of the world's foremost jazz vocalists. The New York Times called him the standout male vocalist of our time. He's won three pre-do jazz vocal. Is that how you pronounce that? It's a French thing. Don't worry yeah, about okay. it. Yeah, okay. He's got two. It's some froggy <laughs> award. <laughs> He's got two German Echo Awards, two Dutch Edison Awards, been nominated for a Grammy Award 14 times. He's won twice. He's won 12 Jazz Journalist Awards for Male Vocalist of the Year. And our first question is why, in God's name, are you slumming with us?
1: Uh, because there's no way to monetize any of those awards. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, we should, should mention Kurt Elling.
1: Maybe it yeah. comes with some parchment uh, and and a pat on the back. Uh, but there's I can't pay the bills with that. And I was schooled together and
2: our best pals. I mean, and that is just fantastic. But whenever I drop off, Julia, my daughter at your house, there are at least two cars double parked on your street every frickin time. Would it kill you to go out and clear those people out a couple of minutes before I get there, Kurt?
1: Dude, dude, are, d- what am I? Weaponized? I'm going to go out there and talk <laughs> to people in the street with the car and the double parking? No. I,
0: I get a crowbar a and reason. head out I there.
1: Gate right out front for a reason, Dad. <laughs> uh,
2: and I also want to kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, a, a bone to pick is. Now that you've written and you're this, you're this great jazz museum, musician and you sing a song about your daughter, my daughter keeps going, Dad, when are you going to write a song for me and perform it? So thanks for raising the bar for all the fathers in this school. Thanks a lot, Kurt.
1: Uh, you know, if it makes you feel any better, it didn't go that way. It went, the song was written by jo, uh, Tom Jobim in Brazil and I named my daughter after the song.
2: Oh, Oh, that saves a lot of work and effort. (laughs) That saves a lot of work. So all
1: you got to do is find a song named Julia. Oh, well, there's one. The Beatles. John Lennon. (laughs) Right. There you go. So you're already off the hook.
0: Okay. Now, did you name her after that song
2: anyway? um, You kind of did. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, uh, and my wife's name is Michelle, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. See, and you're
2: you're a musical family already, Dad. (laughs) Right. And uh, if we have another kid, it'll be Eleanor Rigby. Is oh, going to be the th- Eleanor going to
0: be- Rigby Stern. <laughs> mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really work for me. Uh, so we're going to talk about your uh, tour in a bit, but uh, I've been looking at your tour history, and e- this is not an exaggeration. You perform vir- virtually everywhere in the world other than maybe North Korea and Antarctica. Um, but there's a show in 2009 that really caught my eye. You played a state dinner at the White House. Mm-hmm. Now, now I've got to ask you a couple questions about this. First, How's the food at those things? Uh, and second, <laughs> did Barack Obama ask about the plant he gave you a few years earlier? Uh, this is a story that I heard. But can you can you tell that story? Because, I'll tell the yeah, story. Go ahead.
1: So uh, my wife and I uh, were, were Hyde Park people uh, by uh, by uh, history. I was down there for graduate school. And then when I was broke and living in a guy's basement and she was down there because her, her mom had a place. Uh, And yada, yada. So a lot of time down in Hyde Park. Then we had our first we had our first apartment down there. And then uh, after a bunch of years, my wife, my wife got pregnant, which was killing and beautiful. Mm. But we so and at the at that very same time, it just happened that Barack and, uh, you know, Barack was uh, elected to the U.S. Senate. So we were looking for a place to amp it up a little bit because we needed, you know, some upgrades in what we owned. Because uh, you know you got a kid coming, yeah. sure. So and at the same time, you know, uh, Barack was looking for; he was looking to amp it up because his book sales were going through the roof. And he's a U.S. senator, so he's looking for a big Senate mansion. And we're looking for laundry in unit, <laughs> right. <Yeah.
2: laughs> right? Maybe cable, <laughs> right?
1: Maybe 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 some early Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> And, uh, so it just, ha- you know, it happened, you know, I was looking, uh, we wanted to stay in Hyde Park and, uh, I was looking around and, and Jennifer was out of town and, uh, I'm looking through these, through these apartments and you know, they, you know how when you stage an apartment for people, you take out all of the personal right photos and everything like that. But there were a couple of little signs, I think maybe that the real estate person had left behind. Sure. And I'm like, Hey is this Barack and Michelle's because I had done, you know, a couple of benefits when he was running for state senator. And so, you know, we had talked about John Coltrane and talked about some jazz stuff and then, you know, shaking hands and whatever. So I'm like, Hey, is this Barack and Michelle's place? And she's like, well, we're not supposed to say. And I said, this place is sold. Oh, that's <laughs> it's sold awesome. to me right now. There's no way. Cause this deal is going to be clean. There's going to be no surprises. If there are surprises, it's going to be right. And anything that's good enough for this guy raising his family is good enough for me and my family. So we're moving in and he brings, you know, he brought a plant over for us and he's like, okay, so, you know, by the way, the oven, you sort of need to jiggle the thing (laughs) in order to, okay, so this is all real. And then meanwhile, you know, the guy who's driving him around goes to my wife and he says, Hey, by the way, here's the list of all the like baddies in the neighborhood. Oh, because you know it's city. Sure, not, like, sure. So, so here's a list of all the people to stay away from. Here's the creeps. Don't show this list. You know, this is for you from 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 Barack. Because like, keep your family safe. And wow. so that's how it was. So every time, so I've I've been able to play the White House now. Let's see. I did an uh, international jazz day thing. Um, I'm looking for the date, 2016. And then we did the state dinner as well. And, you know, the president was always he's he's got an incredible memory as anybody who's mm-hmm. as brilliant as he is, is going to have. Uh, and but it's always funny because Michelle will be like, Brock, you remember Kurt Elling, he blah, blah. He's yeah. like, I know.
0: <laughs> you don't have to talk, talk no to me I'm that way. You. I'm the <laughs> president. president.
1: Yeah. Right. It's like, I, I'm the president. I got <laughs> We, we got a, we got a photo together the first time out and 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 i you know you're trying to be uh cool and relaxed and and say something smart and so it's the three of us and i'm like oh uh miss mrs first lady uh those are those are beautiful earrings they're're they're, they're, they're fantastic and, and and he and he he we get our picture taken and he goes they better be the price I paid. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: I what, what I love is, y- you know, that their relationship is just like every man and woman who's married. Yes. Know? She's still pissed about the way he, you know, yeah. folds his socks or whatever, you yeah, know, it doesn't fold anything. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, would it kill you to put the butter in the dish, Barack?
0: <laughs> but what about the plant? Did there was some sort of a plant that he gave you?
1: Oh, you know, like a house plant kind of a thing, like a housewarming. Oh, okay.
0: Vibe. All right.
1: Um, so, you know, and and you know, we we've been living in New York for the past 12 years. We just moved back to Chicago last summer about this time. And so, you know, the plant's been kind of it's grown and it's been, you know, shipped around to various relatives cuz you don't want to drive a thing like that around
0: Sure. It, yeah.
1: Who knows it's even going to survive, you know.
2: Well, you have to Obama care for it. Did you say what, oh, oh, <laughs> what I
0: did there? Did you say what I did there? We got to walk around with a snare drum for you. We really do. Um Uh, So you didn't mention the food at the at the White House. Man, I don't
1: remember the food. I don't remember the food. They kept us in a in a, 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 you know, you know, they called it the map room. That was like our waiting room for that thing. And then the other time it was all, you know, man, they got so many people to to serve. I know. It's like you. What, do you, what am I? I'm, they're not going to give me the same food they give the prime minister of India or something,
0: you know? Right. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: But I mean, it's cool, and there's plenty of wine, and yet you, you you don't want to drink too much like you usually do because.
0: You don't want to be. Right. Yeah, and there's right. another thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, hey, let's have Kurt. Isn't he the guy who <laughs> <Yeah>. got liquored <laughs> up right. on the, in the map room last? <laughs> yeah, right. And took the all towel. <laughs>
1: Prime <laughs> Minister Singh, man, this is all. You know, I love Indian food, dude. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Is marijuana legal in D.C.? Yeah, you probably don't. <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, so. Covid, You know, we've had a lot of musicians on and during COVID has been just tough. We, in fact, had Lauren Gold, the keyboardist for The Who, who was Mm -hmm. we actually had him on the day that he was supposed to play the New Jersey or New Jersey, New Orleans Jazz Festival, which is a venue that, you know, and festival that, you know, well, he got actually emotional when he was when we brought it up to him saying, hey, you know, today you were supposed to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you cope with COVID? I mean. First of all, did you drive your family nuts which is weird. I
1: did. Yeah. yeah, I was not on my best behavior, I got to say. I mean, I tried really hard, but uh uh I was I was I was not. It was not my it was not my 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 best moment. Was it was one. not my shining hour. Um you know, uh, you know, it's the it, it you know, your vocation the reason that you're on the planet You know, other other than being trying to be a good father and other than trying to keep your marriage together is the thing that you do, and there are physiological reasons why it's important that I get out and sing. I mean, if I don't vibrate at a very heavy frequency in my, you know, head, face, neck, and shoulder and chest area, whatever, um, you know, I get kind of messed up. Really, And it's, and it's not, it's not, it's not so much that, yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, a realignment in physics, in the physics of your body when you, when you're, when you're singing, just like there is when you're playing it, you know, when you're, even when you're listening to music, it realigns the uh, molecules, it's a physiological, you know, experience, uh, uh, sound waves are physical uh, experiences, mm-hmm. and they physically, uh, uh uh, interrupt your ear and they physically go into your head and then and then there's a chemical reaction inside of your head but you're feeling these physical things and you know i don't have to have the applause i don't have to have whatever the the, the meet and greet after i don't have to have the shining faces. I can, I can imagine all of that. I can imagine all of those. The important thing for me is to get with the band and to sing import stuff that's important to me mm-hmm. at the best, in the best way that I can and to keep working on my craft and to have that experience, that inner, that interactive experience, the people I can imagine they're there. I've sung to a million, a million people at mm-hmm. this point. And I remember their faces and I put them in chairs and I imagine that they're there and I imagine them talking back to me and the jokes that they throw my way, the interaction. And ideally that's what'll happen. But without you know, without the without the possibility of even just singing a little number in a room that's not just by myself is a big deal.
0: Wow. Well, you know, I've been listening to your music all week. You've been on my playlist and um I, I'm loving the version of where the streets have no name. Uh, which is totally cool. Uh, it's it. You've got a whole vibe to you that I just is. It's like hip cat, man. It's like <laughs> hip cat, and I just love it. And I'd like if you don't mind, I'd like to play a little clip of that for our our listeners. Play so the can.
1: thing. It's uh, it's the U two thing, and my my guitar player John McLean and I came up with this cool. Well, I think it's cool. I think it sounds like it's pretty good, and it's different from the way U two did it. So there you go.
0: Yes, uh, here's a little bit of that.
1: There's a message in the mirror that will flicker to a spark of light, turn the dark into sight, questions about love.
0: Love it. So, yeah. I mean, your, your stuff is wonderful. And I, I love how... Your albums are all different. I I, I especially dig your uh, 2018 album, The Questions, and your version of Bob Dylan's A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, which you did with Brandon Marsalis. Brandford. That yeah,
1: Branford. Yeah, Branford.
0: Oh, what did I say? Brandon. Yeah, yeah. That, that's another one, isn't it? <laughs> I lose track of them. Um, <laughs> right, right,
2: the Shecky. Nah, I mean,
0: There's right. A- it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's Billy there's Morty there's, Fred, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> there's Seymour and there's
1: little Ricky
0: on the end Marsalis anyway yes that's a great song you also do uh, Paul Simon's American tune which is another great cover I, I love that um, talk about that album and how that one came about before we get to your new one because I I, I I, that one really hit me
1: uh, well thanks um you know, man, I'm always trying to sing stuff that's the best thing that I can sing for people and for the moment of, if you will, history that we're in. You know, people think of jazz as this historical thing and, you know, the American songbook and all the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, that's there, but that's really more like just a proving ground. That's... um that's something you do when you're young and you learn the rules and you come to understand the structure of the music and the history of the music and the way the best possible players have played it. But now it's, you know, 2021 and, you know, to be, to be, I think to be relevant now, you've got to be, um, creating in a in a contemporary space in light of, the history of the music in light of what John Coltrane played in the in the wake of what Dizzy Gillespie played in the wake of what, uh, you know, uh, Lester Young played or or in my case, you know, the great jazz singers. Um, and that means that I'm always either looking to create or to cop material and to re uh, to 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 reframe you know more more contemporary material in ways that um are signature from the world of jazz that are going to provide a listener with like oh i haven't i never thought of that song that way before and that satisfy my you know my muse my artistic inclinations so it's it's selfish on my part because i have a um i have a desire to expand What I'm able to do as a technician, as a singer and as a a bearer of messages and as a a reflecting agent or sometimes, uh, you know, a a little bit of a prophet, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, those are all gifts that I what's 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 the right way to say it. Uh, I'm grateful for and that I revere and that I try to pay attention to those whispers that 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 the angels give in my ear.
2: Well, a hard rain is going to fall is just, it's, it's hauntingly wonderful. I mean, just really, Well,
1: he wrote a masterpiece and, and yeah. you know, it's one of the great masterpieces of list writing. And it's also, you know, we were going through a lot of stuff then we're yeah. going through a lot of stuff now yeah. as a people, as a nation, as a, as a, as a globe. And, you know, not to be all Cassandra about it, but it's like, yo people,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> My heart rate's gonna fall, <laughs> bitches. <No>. get it. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, I actually have a Bob Dylan story. You want to hear my Bob Dylan story? Uh oh. Okay, this was in Champaign during Farm Aid in 1985, and I was working at a radio station with Rick, and they asked me to go to the airport when all these stars, you know, all the musicians were coming in. Oh, yeah. And I got off the, or I got there, and I see Bob Dylan getting off the plane, right. Yeah. So like, hey Mr. Dillon, Mr. Dillon, uh uh what what do you think of champagne? <laughs> he's like, well, the airport's clean. <laughs> and that's that's my entire story. There's really nothing more to it. But, you know, I could
1: do like, what the what do the, what you
2: asking me what I like about champagne? I'm in the airport, you idiot. You know.
1: Dude, you know, one of the hardest things in the world is to approach these gigantic persona who you occasionally brush with, you know, I was, I was having breakfast at this, uh, at this spot in, um, Carmel, California. I was visiting some friends and, uh, you know, it's, it's nine 30 in the morning and we had played a gig and whatever. And I'm there with my piano player and, and like out of the blue in walks, Tom waits.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, cool.
1: And his hair's every place. And he's got that look in his eye. Like he can't figure out whether he's gonna tell a joke about something or whether he's gonna slit somebody's throat or whether <laughs> throw a trash
2: or he's gonna have the Denver, Denver. omelet right? <laughs> right
1: really are you gonna stand in this in this buffet line dude <laughs> and you know naturally I, I'm just like man I, I gotta like this is probably my one shot I've gotta <laughs> and I go to him and I say I say uh excuse me Mr. Waits and he and he looks at me all squinty eyed and he's like uh, and I say, sir, I just want to say I, I just really respect your whole, oof, your, your whole situation in the world is so profound and I just adore it and I just, I'm not going to bug you, but just wanted to send you the respect I can. And he goes, Uh (laughs) (laughs) And then he just walks out of the room. (laughs) These potatoes suck. (laughs) (laughs) You can't expect a Tom Waits to be a morning person. (laughs) Right, exactly. Hey, how you doing?
2: Uh, Yeah. So you're basically our age. You're actually a little younger than us, per Wikipedia, by the way. Um, What what were your musical tastes back in high school? I mean, you're basically our age. I mean, were you? Well,
1: you know, dude. You know, I gotta say, musical stuff, uh, musical stuff. Aside, let's put that aside for a minute. I've been digging into your cat's uh, uh, situation here, and you guys are trying to bring the heat of a very resonant era of uh, Chicago radio. Oh, I mean, it. no. Oh, for, go on, go real, on. No, go on, go I get, on. Man, I remember, I remember in my little room out in Rockford, right, mm-hmm. listening to listening to LS and listening to Boogie Check. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And dealing with that. And then, you know, got into Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer. And and then when I was when I crapped out of graduate school, like the guy who made me laugh the most was Kevin Matthews. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, you guys have all these connections to Landecker, and, you know, and then you had Jim Peterick on. And it's like that whole thing is it's such a it's there's so many memories of my of my youth. Listening to that stuff. I mean, even here's here's one. Here's a left I don't know, I don't know if it's a left turn, but my mom used to love listening to Wally Phillips every morning. Oh right? yeah. Right. And I remember Steve and Gary just taking the piss out of that boy <laughs> They I killed, mean, him. They after killed him after day <laughs> after day. Right. But that's like one of my earliest sitting in a high chair memories is, is my mom digging on Wally and me just saying like where does he get all those other voices?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He did a song about Wally... Uh, where the whole thing was about uh, a woman from Tinley Park winning a a, a pair of pantyhose from (laughs) well didn't he also was that the same song that he did and it was like it was
1: like a double parody because it was a it was a it was it was was taking the piss out of Wally Phillips but it was done in the style of Barry Manilow
0: yes it was a Barry Manilow song oh Wally
1: yes that's it hey man you gave me some (laughs)
0: stockings That's it. That's the song. Wow. What a memory. Yeah. Well, well. That's so we're, we're of the same
2: ilk. You know, yeah. You know, Michelle, my wife,
0: grew up in Rockford.
1: I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I did not. I did not know that. I mean, poor Rockford. God bless those people. <laughs> they got cheap track, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. man.
2: And what else? <laughs> that town is. <laughs> have a Chinese buffet that we had our rehearsal
1: dinner at. Oh, at, yeah, my right? God. Yeah. I'll tell you, it was a great place to be a kid. With no like before age, let's call it eleven where we where my folks had a nice you know we had a yard, we had collies, mm-hmm. we had uh you know my dad worked for a church, he was a church musician, my whole family comes from church people, churchy churchy church church churchy mm-hmm. church, and uh so like okay, good childhood but uh, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: and now we turn the page
0: yes well let's talk about your new album because uh, i've been listening to it it's it's called super blue um and the clips that you sent us were are tremendous but it's coming out in october right it is coming
1: out in october i've got some advanced copies for people who are going to jump up at Ravinia with us this coming, I get. When does this air?
2: Uh, well, we're gonna, we're actually gonna put you on twice. Well, we're putting you on on our regular podcast, and you're gonna get the celebrity treatment as oh, well. Yes, uh, but so, so, so oh. this show. The 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 actual show that we're doing right now will be after Ravinia, but we're going to be cutting our other podcast. Oh, okay. Podcast. All right. Well, we'll yes. Start over. Well, no, July 13th at Ravinia, you're headlining, which is this coming Tuesday. Tuesday, although, yeah. Which, which would have been, yeah. So, um, yeah, tell us all about the album, the upcoming tour. We've got, we're all ears.
1: Well, there's a bunch of dates coming, uh, and inshallah, most of them will happen, uh, the world being the crazy...
0: Yeah. Knock on Uh, wood at this point. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, I, my whole summer was, I was even this, even this summer, I was supposed to be in Europe right now, but whatever, it's cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I have no legitimate complaints. My family's safe. Right. We got food on the table, all the parts. Um, This was, this record was made in a, in a, in a very different way for me. I know other people probably have done like this in the past. You send files around music files and recording files and whatever. But as a jazz guy, you know i'm always in the room right. with the musicians right. the the they're, they're, one of the one of the rules of jazz is there has to be at least the spirit of spontaneity there has to be the room for the mistake that enlightens the whole rest of of the of the of the, of the track there has to be room for an experiment that you know, wherein you and perhaps you know you play something that you and perhaps nobody has ever played before. Some combination of notes that is new that doesn't mm-hmm. belong in any pre-planned arena. Well, it's COVID. How do you make a record like that? Yeah, you can't right. be in the same yeah. room.
0: MP4s don't really do it, right? I mean, right. Yeah. You send so, photos of your soul patch. It's <laughs> about the best you can do. Imperial. It's the best you yeah. can do. <laughs>
1: So what well, so I got with my friend Charlie Hunter who I've done with before and for people who don't know Charlie Hunter you should look him up online because he does he he has a specialized custom guitar where he plays bass and guitar and you know rhythm guitar on the same neck on the same guitar wow, it's not wow. two necks with two different things he's playing bass notes with his thumb his left his, his left thumb and uh, uh, a pointer finger and his uh, his right thumb, and he's playing rhythm guitar with his other fingers at the same time. So oh, he's God. a one.
0: rhythm <laughs> that's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> and it's all groove. And I mean, people are just you know, guitar heads just go nuts trying to get to the front row to watch this guy do his thing. And it's so groovy and so fun. Um, so, but he knew these cats from this band, Butcher Brown, which is you know these backbeat young stallions who are. Doing it right now. And they're making current music. And I'm the old guy who's mostly in, mostly but not exclusively, in an acoustic environment doing this jazz thing. But Charlie knows us all. And he's like, dudes, we should make a thing. Because he's heard some of the stuff that you guys have kind of noticed. That there's a little bit more contemporary edge to what's in the stuff that I'm doing. It's implied. And I can enjoy a backbeat and get with that. So Charlie goes up to Virginia. And he, lay, he and the, and the Butcher Browncats, they lay down a bunch of tracks. And it's basically rhythm tracks. And they just say, okay, well, here's some likely chord changes. And then let's send this over. So I get 10 or 12 different non-compositions. They haven't written anything down. They're just creating the bed of what could be a song. And then I, so I get all these things and I got to figure out what the melody is. I got to figure out what it's about. I got to figure out what the lyric is. I got to figure out what I'm supposed to do with the thing. And thank God they put them all in my key. And so, you know, that's the challenge. So it's not, it's not really a jazz record. Cause then Charlie and I, I go into the studio on my end and I lay down all the other parts. And so it's like a two part process. I hadn't even met these two, these two young guys until we did a gig in Richmond, Virginia last month. Wow. So the whole record was done. I never even met these guys in the flesh. Uh, you know, we just like we're texting each other and saying, this sounds great. This sounds great. What about this? So a whole new way for me anyway, to make a record.
2: That's cool. Before we continue any further with Minutia Men's celebrity interview, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're back. So what did you learn about yourself doing it? I mean, I would imagine that. You know this process being so different, you probably discovered something about you, right? or just... um,
1: you know you're you're always trying to discover something. i you know I would say there's a, there's an incremental level of learning for me. Um, you know, man, like I say, my old man was a church musician, so coming out of that and doing a left turn into jazz and popular music and everything. There were so many stylistic things for me to learn early on. There was, there was a whole culture of, of, uh, of the world to, to lose myself in and to learn from. So part of the reason why I was in Hyde Park for so long on Chicago's South Side is so I could make it real fast to hit with some legendary, you know, South Side African-American musicians who were, you know, the pillars of the community for jazz in Chicago, Von Freeman and Eddie Johnson, and then making the north side hang with Ed Peterson, and it was my it was my graduate studies in music to learn everything from what the hippest tunes were to how to stand to what to wear mm-hmm. to how to talk to you know how, like Von one time he, he he's uh, you know I was standing at the bar and here's Von and he's in like seventy eight years old and I'm twenty eight or something and I had had a couple. You know, too many, and I'm and I kind of almost go into somebody else at the bar, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, young fella! Now you know you've had one too many. Now let me tell me let me show you something." And I said, "What's that, Vaughn?" He said, "Now look at here. Now you stand at the bar. Now you first you never sit down at a bar, because if you sit down, you can't tell how much you've had to drink. Now you stand at the bar all the time, and you stand at." The bar with one foot upon the bar. Now, if you can stand on one leg and keep one foot upon the bar and not crash into anybody, you can have another. <laughs> That's, great. That's great. But as soon as you start leaning too far or you say, Excuse me, one too many times, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, he's up on that. And I said, now I'm talking about life lessons here, folks. <laughs> right? Exactly. That is music. awesome. That this is, is survival.
2: Um, well, let's play a cut right now.
1: Let's play. Um, yeah, tell us about Sassy. this song,
0: Sassy, because this is this one is really excellent. What what Thank what inspired you? it?
1: Well, this one, you know, this is actually a tune that, of all people, the Manhattan Transfer laid down about fifteen or twenty years ago, and it's stuck in the back of my mind. It's a uh, a salute to Sarah Vaughan. But uh, I sort of reworked some of the lyrics, and we we took it out of out of that original space, and we put it over here. So sassy was Sarah Vaughn's nickname. So here is sassy. Her phrasing's just like a saxophone. Working in the daytime, jamming every night, blowing over changes that would give most cats fright. People call her sassy. The.
0: You're you're back on the road as you mentioned. You're kicking off your tour at, at Ravinia in Highland Park, and then then you're going to New York. Uh, you're going to Michigan, uh, L.A., um, Catalina Jazz Club, uh, July 30th, August 1st. What are some of what are some of your favorite cities to go when you do these tours?
1: Man, I've got some. There's some beauties out there. I mean one of the one of the most uh, fulfilling parts of of getting I guess getting to be me at this point is you know I get paid to see the world yeah. at least the urban centers uh, and I, you know I've been able to make friends all over the world uh, down in Australia we've got a beautiful fan base I love going down to Sydney and Melbourne everybody's so excited to see us um, I, you know I, I was uh, artist in residence at the Singapore uh, Jazz Festival a bunch of years ago met some incredible remarkable people there you know, I've got I, I get to be friends with the guy uh, who's based in Shanghai, who's a very, very, very big Chinese actor, and the, so you guys will dig this. Uh, he gets to be the voice in China of Darth Vader.
2: Ooh, cool! <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> We've got to get him on the show. So,
1: and, and he's so smart and so funny, and he's just the he's just class, man. The guy is just class. It's like, you know, walking around with one of the old time movie stars of Hollywood when you walk down the streets and he just waves gently at people and they leave, you know. Uh, so yes. Shanghai, you know, that's that's beautiful. Um, let's see. Um, God, I love going to Copenhagen. Mm. Uh, I love going to, uh, up into up into Scandinavia. The. You know, it's it's so beautiful up there. It's so beautifully organized. Paris. Who? What? 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 Jazz musician in his right mind doesn't love going to play in Paris with those incredible, beautiful French girls, and the wine and the way that they respond to the music is so beautiful. Um, Berlin is an incredible spot. I love going down to Munich. Um, Spain is glorious. I eat so much bull over there. So much bull steak. Um, I don't know, man. Where isn't it beautiful? London is. London is a glory. I I just, I you know, or or then and then you go to, uh, you know, you go to Holland. Those guys think I am so funny, dude. They think I'm so funny. (laughs) You're the Jerry Lewis of Holland. (laughs) Uh, You know the whole the the jazz thing because you know they all speak English. Yeah, but they're all Dutch. So the level of intelligence is really strong, but they're not necessarily used to having, you know, a jive talking mother come over there. <laughs> right. <and> stuff. <laughs> And it's just like, wow, man, I am really funny. Yeah. And then, I am and so then, cool. I am so cool. And then, of course, I fly home right after that gig, and I'm just dirt. I'm just oh, dirt.
2: yeah, right, exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, the wife is like, okay. Right. I said skim milk.
2: What What, what about skim milk? You can't <laughs> think of skim yeah. milk?
1: Yeah. Honey, the cat litter. <laughs> Are you going to do that today?
2: What? Yeah. Don't you know who I think I am? Yeah. So, you know, you just mentioned... You know, all these venues. And we've heard about writers from rock stars, you know, the, the Van Halen, you know, the brown brown M&Ms. I imagine you jazz guys probably
1: pretty high maintenance, right? Like, no, like we can't afford to be. We are not big enough stars. There is uh, not a lot of jive happening. No, you call this a fancy cracker?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing like that. You know, huh?
1: The weirdest thing we had for a while, we had Red Bull on the writer when that was a thing. And that was weird because the, 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 the promoters would come in and they would say, um, uh, Mr. Elling, uh, you have. Th- I'm very sorry, but you have Red Bull on the right, and but we don't, we don't have any of that. We don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sorry. And I'd be like, it's it's fine, dude. Coffee'll be fine. <laughs> no, no. I'm Kurt Elling. Damn it, you fine Red Bull? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> now, jazz people, man, we we're not big enough wheels to get the green M and Ms and anything. You, you, that just makes you a jerk and. You know, for, for for the stuff that we're trying to do, we're happy. We're happy to have work and to be treated with respect, and to have a room full of enthusiastic, you know, people of various ages, um, and to be able to challenge people in these, you know, very occasionally esoteric kinds of ways. You know, what we're doing is not the most immediately uh, viable art form of music for most people Mm -hmm. and you know most of us at least have consciously chosen it anyway (laughs) which just speaks to some kind of character flaw I suppose
2: well where can people keep up with you plug away you know your website your tour dates your social media platforms where you think yeah you know know, I mean
1: I don't go go crazy on this stuff because it's too much to take in and I'm real busy trying to keep my brain safe but um sure there's a website kurt mm-hmm. uh the facebook page i assume is also kurt elling um <laughs> i do instagram and that's about it i don't tweet or because it's just like i don't god I, to be clever you got to be you either got to be clever or combative to go on to yeah. go on twitter and i i i just i'm i'm real busy
0: Yeah. Well, if you ever go to Holland and they have some sort of social media there, you're going to kill. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. Oh, I'll be then. Then I can just put up like a single letter.
2: (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) 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 There is more to come with our guest on Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview right after this.
0: We'll be right back. Quick, Lou, what's your favorite car color? I'd say Lou likes blue. Lou likes blue? Eh, blue's pretty good, but really I prefer silver. But regardless of our color preferences, when it comes to cars, you'll never know what you'll hear on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. I'm Lou Costable. Join us for the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an opi production on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Silver. Really? Silver? What is
2: the deal with all these little, little liquor shop. bottles?
0: Uh, yesterday was my sister's birthday, and as Germans, I just thought it would be fun to buy a bunch of little ones, and as it turns out, I bought too many. You've got some <laughs> crap here. you got yeah. rumple mints. Oh, it's awful. 99 apples. Uh, that is uh, apple schnapps. That oh. is 99 proof. Are you kidding me? No. Holy crap. Which means it probably doesn't taste like apples at all,
2: <laughs> be my guess. So this is 50% alcohol, right? Oh,
0: yeah. Mhm. Well. You want one? Oh my god. This this apple stuff is up. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, all of these are so horrible. Ugh. No not even a hint of an apple. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. We are back with more Minutia Men celebrity interview. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. This is wonderful. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you very much for doing the show. We really appreciate it. Love your music. I really do. Thank you. I absolutely love it. Yeah.
1: And Thank you. And thank you.
0: Keep in touch and again, do something with those double park cars. Got, I'd get a crowbar or something just, yeah. you know, just to make yourself look a little more menacing. Well, I'll tell
1: you what I'll do next time. You, next time I know you're going to come over, I'll just put dibs out, whether they yeah. snow or not. Yeah, exactly. There you go.
2: Right. I want them to be the big plastic mannequins, <laughs> right?
0: You know, at the, at the, yes, the whatever. I'll just put a,
1: I'll put out a lawn chair, a lawn chair and some, some, some caution tape. That ought to take care of it.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Thanks, Kurt. Hey, thanks, Kurt. Really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, guys. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on a Minutia man Celebrity Interview. Rick, this week we had the wonderful pleasure
2: of speaking to perhaps the greatest jazz vocalist on the planet right now, Kurt Elling. He's been nominated for... One thousand two hundred Grammys. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's what a couple. He's what, like every country in Europe has some
0: award. He's a jazz. Uh, He's been to the White House. Oh, yeah. He's got a Barack Obama stories. Yeah. He he actually got a plant from Barack Obama. Yeah, I mean you got to hear it. You got to listen to the Minutium Men celebrity interview now on Spotify, Amazon Music, podcasts, Opie shows, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great show wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm glad this is something we can't be fired from, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Are you positive about that? Well, you got to listen. Yeah, let's see if this show is a fireable offense or if there's something in it that is. Back to you with Howard Sudbury. And Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of Coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lozano podcast,
2: an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio
0: isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com.